Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. And then there was four remaining, and I don't think it's any surprise that it is the top four. Yeah, top four survive, as per usual, really, isn't it? We've, you know, we've seen some of those bottom teams going to run occasionally, but we always say it, it's so important to be top four. And there's another year gone by where you know the top four are the ones that will fight out the preliminary finals. Yep, and as always, like we said, it takes a little bit out of those teams to get back to this point, which is always the upside, obviously, of that prelim. But the Penrith Panthers confirmed now playing the Melbourne Storm for the third time this year. Fairly dominant the two times they've played them previously. Uh, that'll be Friday night at Acor. And Saturday, the Broncos up against the Warriors, who came out and exploded at home on the weekend against the Newcastle Knights. So for them, I'm uh, not sure what their week looks like, but I'm assuming they'll do what they did the other week. Private plane, get over a couple of days early, settle in and make sure they have the best possible preparation to try and go attack at Suncorp, but I actually think they'll get pretty good support up there. Yeah, they will. They, they always do. The, two places. Like South East Queensland, they a lot of expat Kiwis. and they just, Yeah, much like Melbourne, though. There's two places they get really good support. Um, they're probably the two spots that you see them push a good crowd in. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think... Uh, Which will be good. It'll be good for the game. It's going to make for a brilliant atmosphere. I hope Acor, they can push 40-50. We're going we're gonna to head along to Acor, take the little fella. He's a mad Panthers man. You're obviously a Melbourne man, so yeah. and without being it'll, too be, it'll be great. Negative, I yeah, I think. Well, it's ma- a game. The game's got to be played. Yeah, a lot it's of people, be played. Everyone will assume that Penrith are going to win, and you know what? What are they in the odds? They they dollar oh, twenty less the, than a dollar. The odds started. I think the first look I had a dollar twenty five, about yeah. four ten. It blew out almost five dollars okay. instantly. And look, so. the reason they play the games is because not every dollar twenty horse wins. Yeah, you know, understand. And that's that. That is what it is. I think Melbourne have actually. They've started both games against Penrith quite well. They've mm. cycled, and I think they understand how to upset Penrith. Whether they can actually do it is a different thing, and whether they can execute it for a long period of time and and get Penrith off their game is another thing. But, you know, I, th- I think Penrith are probably a step below, certainly where they were last year. They've got their own injury concerns. Melbourne have got injury concerns as well. I, but that's this time of the year. I just like think... Everyone's got some sort of injury. You could go through, you know, all four teams have got injury concerns. So. I think Penrith, though, this year have just leaned more and more as they've lost quality or oh, into that defensive side of things. We've just seen a massive hit. We're watching, we've got the Queensland, Queensland Cup grand final on as well. Yeah, in I just think, like I said, historical defence this year and got to give some credence to that. The, the more quality that's gone out of yeah. that team, they've just further and further embodied yeah. themselves in what they do on that side of the ball. And I don't, I don't want to sound too harsh on it for the Melbourne and the Rooster side, but I looked at that side of the draw for Penrith and thought whoever comes through to me, is just fodder because I don't think they've really fought a shot yet. Yeah. I think they're waiting for this week. And yeah, see, I don't. I think... Melbourne fan or not, I honestly think we're going to get absolutely fucking jacked this week, if I'm being honest. But yeah, well, that's let's see what happens. Only my opinion. I hope for a good showing. 
Um, but yeah, as far as this week goes, like we said in previous weeks, just because of work and footing a few things that have been going on, we'll go back to hopefully finishing out the year how we did last year, where we'll record on Sunday and review the games and do the season reviews, and then we'll pop back up during the week, do our preview tips, etc., and have a look at the games and do another podcast. So yeah, and any general news has obviously been a little bit probably didn't talk about last week because we're focusing on the footy, but uh, for tonight. Thanks to bluebet.com.au. If you're going to have a bet with Aaron, do it with a true blue bookie. Download the app today or visit the website. Let's review the two games from the weekend. In the first one, you mentioned the Storm, 18-13. Over the Roosters, this honestly at times to me looked like two drunks fighting over the last sip out of the bottle. It was very clunky. It was ugly. The attack was quite poor, but they certainly threw um, a fair bit in the physical stakes at one another, but it uh, it wasn't a pretty game of football by any means. It wasn't, but I mean, looking at the lists and looking at the changes and looking at, uh, you know, how the game was going to be played, it, it always sort of, it read like that. You almost expected that. So there wasn't a lot in the game that I didn't expect. I, You know, I know when we were speaking about the odds on uh, in our preview last week, like for the Roosters to be, you know, they were nearly $4 at one point. Yeah, well, it was harsh. It was crazy odds. Uh, and you just... And it's probably a game the Roosters should have won. I felt like the Roosters dominated the game for a longer period than Melbourne. But, yeah, Melbourne, well, that's, got, the, Melbourne got the chocolates. This is what I had written here. I think Melbourne, the first 20 was all them. And they couldn't capitalise enough. Agree. Yeah. thought they wasted Agree. opportunities. The one try they did get was pretty simple. Wishart literally pulls up with their line was sort of fractured. I think it was Kiri passed the ball. Cheese just watched him. He dummied and got in that space. Good effort by him. I thought he actually played well considering the, the situation he was thrown into. Tom Wishart. Yeah. He was almost best on field for Melbourne. I think Meany was probably best on field and Wishart was probably yeah, second best he on field. He was awesome, but his goal kicking was horrible. Yeah, I get that. Um, but but him, him and those two, I agree with you, were probably the best two players. Mm. Um, I still think... For Melbourne, yeah. I think I saw a, a rating or someone had Munster as like an eight and a half or a nine. I thought he was ordinary. thought he tried hard. His yeah. involvements were certainly up. You can see that he's trying to get himself involved, but yeah, there's... Uh, missing Jerome Hughes and putting a lot of responsibility of the kicking game onto Munster was... Yeah, was I get that. And some work. people called as to why they didn't have Pezzett. Well, I think, you know, that situation, coming off the back of an injury, I think he's only played the last week or two in Q Cup. They're probably looking yeah. to not go down that road of having someone again who's fresh off an injury. Mm. So they went with Wishy. Wishy's done a pretty good job, whatever role he was asked. He did a very good job the other week playing half against Brisbane. I understand that wasn't a full-strength team. But clearly they looked at that and thought, well, he can do the job. We'll put it on Munster and Harry here and our forwards to get the job done for us. Yep. They obviously recalled Olam, um, Remus. They were okay without being outstanding. I think they did their job. But yeah, in that first 20 that you're talking about, missed goal. Um, Remus had a no try. There was a lot of opportunity down there and it sort of felt like for all the ball, territory, possession, they didn't do enough with it. And on the flip of that, a couple of errors from King invited the Roosters I thought Melbourne on their goal line were pretty good, but similar deal with the Roosters. Like they're one of the worst attacking teams in the comp this year, and that was still sort of the case. It was very clunky a few times. They sort of just shifted sideline to sideline without any sort of forward motion. Uh, things started to happen when they got second phase and tried to break Melbourne down a bit, and they ended up doubling the amount of offloads Melbourne got. I think it was like sixteen to eight. And mm-hmm. as the game went on, you sort of saw some things coming off that from Radley, Terrell May, who had a really good game, and a few of those boys just breaking them down a bit. Teddy trying to bounce off that, but yeah, I think between these two, I think the Roosters should have won. I honestly don't think Melbourne deserved to win. 
the last play is a pretty cruel way for it to end. It was, yeah. Um, I know everyone's still going on about the client call. It was shit. How he didn't get that, I have no idea. But I also think in general, which is the thing that annoys you during the year, you just see these patches of the way games are officiated. I thought there was three or four moments where you would have seen penalties during the year, or even sin bins that you didn't get in this game either. So I was very frustrating all around. But I can understand. But I've got to say, Trent Robertson was all class in the press conference. Yeah, he was. And he essentially said exactly what I'm thinking on the flip. You're, you're not solving it there. No. Nah. He said, like, look, it. it was a bad moment. Yeah, it was a blunder. Did he muck it up? He's like, but we should have defended that. We shouldn't have given away a penalty. We shouldn't have... You know, consider that last try. There was multiple moments there that we, you know. And I think that's a good way to attack it. You just think about the things that you can control. And, yeah, for both of them, that's why I sort of look at that game again in the end and trying to steal it or finish things off and thought that the Roosters probably were the better side, but on either, I honestly Yeah, think... I'm not saying that. I, th- I thought they were probably more dominant, but they they didn't have a lot to show for it. No, <laughs> huge rap late for Sandon Smith. He made a great impact on the game. Had a quick yeah, run. Yeah. Um, then he jumped out and saw that Nas and King were a bit lazy, just one-on-one Nelson, put Radley through, then a pass to follow up for Lindsay Collins, who had another great game. Just yeah, in the was... cover moments and chases and that. So he was big. I also thought that was probably one of the better games of May's career. He's really built into first grade the back end of this year and the minutes they've given him. Yeah, I thought Sam Walker was good as well. Um, yeah, I thought he was okay. I thought the standouts were probably Radley, Collins, and May. But Radley, back end of the year, got back to what he should be doing. Start of the year was pretty frustrating, ball playing. Doing a lot of you know things that he, he's just good when he's aggressive and, and runs. Yeah, run first and good things happen for him. Yeah, um, as a Melbourne fan, I was also frustrated at the back end. Like Liera, I know that was an awkward one on his leg from Wong, but that's not a hip drop. Like, I don't agree with that. And then when Harry laid down, I was even more frustrated swearing at the TV. I know the replay again during the years probably a penalty, but the, the the fact that I was sort of looking to win that way is more the reason I'm sitting there going. So well. I, th- I thought Wong was probably was a hip drop. No, oh, I think there's been a lot more blatant ones than that. I think that was sort of a slide down. And it was yeah, I know, but again, you're comparing. It was oh, his I upper body. And I thought, yeah, he, he lost his legs on purpose and dropped down on the back of his legs. But yeah, plan. Mm. It's gone out of the game. Like We tried to hammer it for a while. and then... Yeah, well, same as the head eyes. That mm. that hit on Harry or a lot of the ones during the game, there was a couple mm. that probably would have been a bin during the year. Yeah, I, I don't have a problem with him missing that one. Like that, It wasn't probably until I saw the replay. I went, oh, okay, hello. Yeah. You know, he did. But he it's did, sort of yeah. frustrating. People have to go, oh, it might be karma for that to try and then. I'm like, I don't, no, I don't, that think, because, I don't think so. Because no. the Harry moment in the early game, like, where was the equaliser for the Roosters on that? Yeah. Well, they didn't wasn't. get karma on that. There was a penalty from Cheese, which was just stupid. And then they flipped the field and went and scored the other end. And Harry played a big part in that. Yeah. So I don't think there's any justice in that regard. But yeah, I honestly think either of these two was literally walking into a buzzsaw. And we'll, we won't know until this week, but... Um, for the for the way that the Roosters started the season to get where they did, I think they've overachieved again. Is it what we envisioned before the season started? No, but knowing what's happened now, yeah. injuries... From the position and, that they landed in, in that bottom of the eight, yeah, yeah they, they overachieved. And the way things have played out, like if they would have got to a prelim, I would have said they've massively overachieved. But I think they've certainly hit the mark given what's happened this season. Well, yeah, people who were doing pre-season predict- predictions would say they underachieve. Yeah. Once you watch them play and saw how they started and the position they were in, yeah, definitely they overachieved. Mm. But full credit um, to them. They were certainly brave, but Warbrick will give him all the flowers in that moment. There was a lot like, our oh, Munster's kicked on the mark. That's Warbrick. <coughs> yeah. Warbrick goes up. Warbrick double hands that, doesn't lose it, snatches it away. I'm surprised they don't do that more often, especially now Coates is out. Like, make him a little bit more of an aerial target. I think a lot of the time now it's just harder to do it because of the way the game is and, you know, the old escort. But that was one of those moments where they got him a bit flat out there and it was just purely a one-on-one. Yeah, but I thought, like, without Hughes being there, 
I thought Melbourne would be left-centric, which means they get tackled on the left-hand side of the field, which yeah, would kick right. make it easier for him to kick the wall brick. But, but, yeah, but yeah I it think just didn't, it didn't play out that way. A lot of question marks heading into next week. They're saying Hughes will probably be available, but to go in with him under a cloud, I think Bellamy basically said it's unlikely that Coates will play. So it'll likely be a similar back line again. Um, other health concerns out of that, I don't, don't think anyone else really pulled up with too much issue. But yeah, I guess... The forward pack, again, wasn't exactly that dominant, and that's my biggest worry next week. That's my worry. That yeah. sort of speed and the way they play, the way Penrith come through the middle, I think they'll just absolutely eat Melbourne up, put holes through them. We'll see. But uh, prelim up here, we'll see how that one goes. But full credit to the Roosters, as we said. Great back end and way they finish things off, but finish their season in week two. Uh, in the other game, 40-10, to 10, the Knights and the Warriors. The error straight away by Marju and then the try there, you sort of felt... That the crowd, the noise, and last week almost a fader complete once they pulled Johnson and sort of did what they wanted to do that they were going to go home and deliver, and they certainly did. Yeah, the start killed Newcastle. They just got yeah, jumped. They got jumped. Mind you, then I thought they, they got back into it to that, a degree. They like, had a really right good time, but... 20, and then mm. the first they scored the first try to get to 16 10. You thought, hold on. Yeah. Maybe, you know, they've got something in the tank because they look tired as well to start with. They did look a bit flatter than what the We Warriors spoke about did. that in the preview, like going from a Sunday Golden Point yeah. game. New Zealand. Having to then travel across to New Zealand. 90 minutes. On the shorter turnaround. Like it was always going to have an impact. So yeah. we, you know, we highlighted that in the preview, like possession and discipline is going to have to be in their favour and it wasn't. Yeah. And, and, they the, gassed. And, and the other thing was points and just the style with Johnson in there. And Johnson was just able That's right. to dictate. A, a different beast. Uh, first home game. There's a lot of things that were in New Zealand's favour, that's for sure. But, yeah. you know, the way to wipe that out is to be disciplined and play boring footy and put the ball in the corners. Mm. But they, yeah, they just couldn't do that, particularly to start the game. And that crowd got amped up. The Warriors became confident. And you can't concede 40 points in a finals game where you're, you're next to no chance. So nah. And I think... That was, yeah, partly discipline. It was partly just they got gassed. Yeah. And, you know, Adam O'Brien said in the presser, you know, they they lost players. They had players busted, which is, you know, uh, everyone's got players busted. Um, but, yeah, I, I think I said to um, – Dad was here. We had a barbie last night. I, I said to him, like, I think they'd be they'd be wrapped with their season, but they'd be really disappointed in that performance. Yeah, considering there and, 10 in a row and what, what they've delivered. Yeah. But yeah, I, I sort of thought down, similar but... what we said in the preview. I thought last week they really emptied the gun to get yeah. that one over the line, and then to yeah. think of the travel and what we talked about heading over there. Wouldn't yeah. say again fate complete, but I didn't have a lot of confidence unless Johnson was out. Yeah, you thought for them like the Warriors sort of did what they needed to do last week, got through, and if Johnson was on board, and that certainly proved to be the case, they just unleashed. Yeah. Uh, I guess for them... I was surprised, actually, they didn't get Johnson off earlier. I could not believe, and there was that moment after they scored that try to get it at 24 where he had, like, two or three players hurt. Tohu reeled away with the sternum. Egan ends up on the ground. There was, like, two or three key players in, like, literally a minute after that. Mm. And Casey was watching with me and saying, well, what are you going on about? And I was just like, well, they've just gone out from 18 to 24. He waited, like, 10 minutes. As soon as they got that try, I didn't care if he got two subs left. And then he had Adam stand back up to go back on him. I would not be putting him back on the field. Yeah. The first ones I would have used to get <laughs> off were Johnson, Egan, because he already looked like he had a head knock as my two changes. And Adam certainly wouldn't have been one of the ones I rolled yeah, back. Yeah, I thought Egan had a head knock earlier as well. Yeah, and Tohu was the other one who was out there who had a chest and they've talked about his knee through the finals. Like, Even if I had to play with 12 with a 24-point lead, I would have pulled him. Yeah, and I, just just, I, didn't, I didn't look that deep. I just thought Johnson, you know, if the concern is the calf. 
You can't win without him. Yeah, well, then I would he, have been bringing him. He, as he as didn't run all game, and that was the other thing. He started. It's not a criticism. I was just nah, surprised that you know, he started. It took seven minutes to go for him to come off. So. He started skipping and hopping with about twelve to go in a moment there, and I was like, "You haven't run all night. You've just done your bit and piece. Like now's not the time to start messing around with your calf either." Like the crowd certainly went wild when he came off too. Yeah, but you see the difference with him in there straight away. That link between him, him and Egan in particular, and the way they work with Tohu. Yeah, um, attack was crisp. They were fast. I actually think, and I don't know if you'd agree with me or it's a hard thing. We always say it's hard to tack inside the ten just because of time and space and execution. I think they're one of the best at attacking inside the ten, off the try line. The Warriors, yeah, yeah. like their connection. Well, between... they play a lot. They, they play a lot of footy from the post, like mm. from the middle of the field, where a lot of teams want to play from the fast uh, scrum line, which you know allows defenses to squeeze and basically allows you more time to to make an error, but. The Warriors like to, yeah, play play with those big middles through the middle of the field at the post, then have shape out the back of it. And they use that double lead where they're on the back row in the centre. Yeah. Through on, um, like, the three-man in the defence. And, you know, with the fullback swinging out the back of it, it basically means the centre's got to check that outside player. And it creates a two-on-one more often than not on the outside. And they run it in that swing shape where they all tuck like they're on an athletics track yeah. sort of running around the towards the it just sort post, of unfolds and they always which seem like naturally got... like when you're defending that tuck shape mm. you look up and you think geez they're really tight like I need to tighten my inside man and bang. they uh, yeah they just sort of flowers. accordion they accordion out as the as the passes come and the, and the play sort of unfolds so mm. it's really really uh, really really good coaching and they run it better than better than most teams and they've got a few different flavours that they like to throw on it but yeah that, I think the big difference with them is they make it easier because A they've got such damaging middles who can score mm. like you saw with Adam you can just pass to him and he can go well, left foot and score and that's the one I'm but talking the about the other that, one is Tohu can do that as well That was and legit. then you've got the threat of them being able to play out the back of it yeah that was legit on the try line Johnson flat and fast digs in holds up that middle but I'm like most teams struggle from inside the 10 they go 10 metres backwards two pass mm. get stuck in a corner Kill a player, then have to play off like a, a tram line. Like, well, a lot of the reason teams struggle is because they have a lot of setup players. Mm. Whereas for them, teams like just... do that and slow it down, which means they can pressure the shift. Mm. But, but yeah, the was... Warriors just—they're almost playing on every play, and we spoke about that in, like early in the year, just with their style and yeah, they've, they've certainly they know what works for them. Mm. But yeah, they carved them up. Um, Nickel Klugstad, had a, he's had an outstanding year. He was huge in this game again. Johnson was given all the time in the world to play. I didn't think they pressured him at all, really. And that's probably a sign of last week's game. Little things like inside pressure or tying in or coming up with a bit of line speed. He was literally untouched and basically didn't get tackled with the footy. Mm. But you can instantly see the difference in their attack with him and Egan, who's another one this year I've looked at and thought, you've just gone to another level completely. Yeah. And the quality of what he delivers. Fanua Blake's footwork for that size is just unfair. To slide through that, score the way he did. Tohu, I thought, if Johnson and, and Chance weren't the best on the ground, he was pretty bloody close as well. Yeah, That's some huge contributions from those guys. But out of that period that you talked about, they get back 16-10. The first time they sort of execute to the left, they really struggled to set up and play right, which is where I thought they would have wanted to go. A lot of teams have gone at the Warriors' left-hand edge. But they got Greg in the corner. They come out early. Kloon digs in, gets the inside of Tohu. And a lot of people thought that was forward. When they had that flat replay, I had no problem with that pass to Lucas. I thought it was a try. But 16-10, straight away off the back of that, though, critical error. I think Mann gets called offside instead of making the tackle and copping a six again. He lets Tohu run 20. They get punched, and then Dylan Walker comes straight back at him on the post. He's just standing on the line with no grasp on him. 
and he also gets concussed in that play. So there's two critical errors there, which took it back to 12. And from there, they just rinsed and repeat. I, I loved the fact that they attacked so well, but the discipline, they just cage-kicked him into that same corner. They pinned Greg inside that 10-meter box, bashed him, three plays. They were barely making it to the 20. They got caught for repeats, a couple of errors. Like They just literally choked him out until they gave up. And when they finally made a couple of errors or gave him that possession, the Warriors finished him off. Johnson ran that fan shape like you were talking about. Dallin got his try. Um, they obviously finished off Syrian when they finally pulled a couple of players with the dummy from, you know, dummy half and goes at the post and it just blew out. Yeah. But, yeah, I think they certainly come in with a plan to stop the back five, particularly the two wingers. They did a great job on Marju and Young. They got no momentum going and thought the only time they sort of looked a little bit damaging on the move was for Frizzell. I thought he had a really good game. Yeah, he he did. punched some holes in the right, but... Full credit to them as well, defending Ponga. They didn't let things unfold. They pushed their chips in all in. Um, and Newcastle needed to adjust. They didn't adjust their depth. They didn't kick. They didn't do sort of anything to try and beat that shape. They got pressured in knock-ons, hit with a ball, ball knocked down. Like, New Zealand were pretty much in sync with the way they defended both sides of the field. Yeah. and But that comes from being fresh as well. Mm. Not having a lot of fatigue makes defence a lot easier. But some question marks. Probably the big thing. Um, Curran popped that finger... Egan, like we said, went down with two knocks. They tried to play it off like it was a shoulder or an arm. Whether he's in the protocol, I don't know. Tohu late grabbed his chest, went off. Johnson looked good, but hopefully for them, you know, we know what a calf can be like during yeah. the week. I'm assuming he's going to have a very light week. Um, but yeah, that yeah, a few at the end there that might have been a concern. But oh yeah, I think they're a great matchup for Brisbane if they're healthy. Oh, that's yeah, that looks the game, doesn't it? They can it go. Like with them in terms of their middles. And yeah, I think the way their back five is, and they can also score points. I've had some people, particularly the Warriors fans, critical the way they attack. I think the Warriors are a very good attacking team. They are. They talk about like it's very bland and simple what they do. I'm like, I think they sequence and like you talk about, have plays for each play and don't waste. They sequence very well. They don't go two setups and we'll have one shot here. They usually squeeze in two or three shots a set. Mm. Um, but yeah, based on health and matchup, I think it's it's a really good one. So I'm yeah. looking forward to it. But the Warriors march on, and like we said, top four are all through. Just the reverse role. Yeah. So interesting to see. And the odds we'll talk about a little bit after, but let's review the season for the two teams that were eliminated thanks to the Penrith Solar Centre, 1820 2930, or visit au. Jake and the team there. Let them help you and your family save some money this summer and put some cash back into your back pocket. We'll do the Roosters first. They were seventh when they found their way in the finals. 13-11 record. They were 15th in attack, 6th in defense, which really was the cornerstone of that run at the back. They used 29 players. Their away record was 5-7. and seven. Um, This was another year where it just felt like nothing went right. Health has been a huge thing the last few years. They started undermanned, and they had another one of those sort of patches throughout the year where it just never felt like they could get their best team on the field. Mm. And even at the back end, when they patched together, and sort of found a bit of form building around that. Brandon Smith, poor form. Angus Crichton, in the off-season there, and him not being ready to go. Sam Walker. Sam Walker, mid-season drop, then gets injured, and the talk around him and the halves and what was happening there. Jared was on the outer. They signed Lenu, then they keep Jared. The Sawali situation, it was all good, then it wasn't. Then Tedesco signed an extension. There was the first time... Since that sort of pierce year where they had the drum, there was a lot of noise around the Roosters. Yeah, and yeah, there was. There once was. things quietened up and they tightened the ship up mid-year, 
Um, I, I think Robinson, like I said again, addressed a lot of things last night that they still never really got to where they wanted to, but they felt they just kept chipping away, chipping away, and the best version of themselves really started to come at the end. But that toughness and the heart and the co- really become the cornerstone, their defense and the back end, that run they put together. Yeah. The Cowboys also fell away. Like a few teams had to fall away for them to even get in. So that mm. six year last seven is a very good effort. Similar last year, I think they won eight in a row or seven in a row. They did, yeah. So it was a lost, very good went out first week. So yeah, I, considering the conditions that they've had the last two years, I think they've overachieved to make the finals. So yeah, but from like, that from that perspective, they deserve you know a, a high praise. But mm, it's. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Certainly not where people predicted them to finish. No, definitely not. But, I mean, they would have taken that all night. Like, to be ahead by a point with, you know, seven to go in Melbourne in week two of the finals. If you said that to Robinson six weeks ago, he would have signed that check. Every day of the week, so... Well, they were 3-1 and one in ugly fashion. They beat the Warriors, the Eels, South, and you sort of looked after the Dolphins lost and go, okay, they're building. Mm. But then it really went backwards. They went 3-3, three and 5-3, three, and three, they stemmered, and then they had a bad period during the middle of the year where they got hammered a couple of times during Origin. They had injuries on top of that. They went 2-5. and five. And then that Eagles game where we went, 18-16, we thought it's all over. Yeah. And after that, the only loss was the Brisbane loss, where they managed, like I said, to go 6 of their last 7 and found a way in and... Yeah, there was different iterations of the halves. We had Manu when Walker went out. Tedesco, they had shuffled their back line. The forwards set up. Hutchison played some games as well. Back end of the year, though, it really was their defense. That was more the Roosters' old school, like the Sharks game. You sort of looked at that and thought, goal line, they're going to crack. Sure, they're gassed, but everything was just based off their defense at the end. And even Melbourne the other night, I thought they absorbed and had a lot of try saves and a lot of good moments, but... The attack being 15th is a concern because with the weapons they've got, they should certainly do better on that side yeah, of the Yeah, I think that speaks to cohesion. But there's certainly going to be changes. a changing of the guard here. Like next year is going to be the last year for a lot of guys who you thought might have gone this year. So Tupo and Jared looked like they were gone. They've got one more year. Kiri's off next year. There's talk about Crichton going to Union. He's off. Uh, Manu's last year. I'm sure they're going to be able to shift some money between him, Terrell Mayer. They'll prioritise a few of those guys with those other names I've just mentioned. <clears throat> Lenyu and Dom Young are coming. So a bit of fresh blood definitely needed with some leg speed in that middle. Yeah, that's certainly That's a help. huge concern. Um, back end of the year, some good finds for them, I guess, in Siwa Wong. Once he finally got a run, Sandon showed that he can do multiple jobs and had a good impact. I think they might have had a really good value pickup in Piauga as well. Yeah, he's like, been competent. He's done definitely. a hell of a job, and they're the sort of guys you want to keep around. Billy Smith went healthy by that duel. He's off right now. I have no doubt they'll sort a deal out. There's no way they're going to let him go. Yeah, he's been very good. He finally showed what they're looking for, and then Sam on response to that. Yeah, meeting. but I don't think he like, finally showed. What's more no, he, he finally got to show it. That's there. right. I mean, yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's not, they knew it was there. Bit of consistency in around being on the field. You, you can tell they knew it was there because they could have quit years ago. Yeah. They've held onto him for almost four years waiting to give him the time to play that well. And once he got healthy and had a good streak, look what he put on the field. Yeah, exactly. So there were some positives out of it, but I still think there's going to be more movement in what they do with their forward pack. There needs to be probably a bit more 
turnover there. Like, can Satili stay healthy? He didn't start the year, then had a bad year. Jared had a couple of in-outs. Tupo missed a lot of football. Manu missed football. Watson missed the whole year. He's off contract. There's a lot of guys, again, that didn't play a lot of footy or were inconsistent. Yeah. Radley had injury suspension. Back end, when he was back to his best and cleaned that up, he was great. So there's a lot of little spot fires, I think, for them to put out. But I think we'll see a real big changing of the guard, not just starting next year, but the year after, the moves they make for 25. Mm. There's a real rollover coming here at the Roosters. Yeah. Um, they're flag teams in the grand final. There's a few guys in there. They've got wraps on. They've got the flag player of the year, back row, Max McCarthy. But yeah, I think their two big priorities when I mentioned all those off contracts will be locking up Wong and Manu. Yeah. You think, like I said, yeah. Jared, Kiri, most of those guys, this might be. Wong's, yeah, definitely a player of the future. But yeah, he's, he's probably the big one. Um, they really have big hopes for Robert Toyer as well, but he busted his ACL this week. Mm. Otherwise, he might have debuted. But he started the year injured, got six or eight weeks and got injured again. Um, so it's been a cruel run in that regard. I'm also interested to see what happens with Suwali. Obviously, that sort of settled down mid-year. He played some really good football. I don't know whether they would go to market. Like, what are you going to get now? I thought earlier in the year with all the talk that they might have got to a point where they tried to move him on and spend that money, but it didn't eventuate. And I think for where they are now, roster-wise, they'll probably hold on to him. Yeah, I think so too. But I guess your only question with that is Dom Young is obviously coming. He's got to play. Yeah. So between him... Tupo, Manu, Billy Smith, that doesn't all fit into one back line. Someone's going to have to miss out. They didn't buy Dom yeah, Young, you, drop him into New South Wales. You're also going to have depth. So, so maybe Suwali ends up a little bit on the outer there. And um, I think the other one is the, your big buy was Cheese. He, his form was pretty ordinary to start the year. He showed that, some, I, yeah, I sort of half expected that with. Change and yeah, just such try a to get different approach. Yeah, such a different approach. Well, back end, let's be honest, he played more like he did at Melbourne. He did, and yeah, that's probably like they adapted it. to his style a little bit as well. And I guess the other thing is the eighty minutes. So I think that sort of sixty minute mark, sort of perfect for the way he plays. And Sandon made a good impact in that role. Yeah, but even yeah. him, like his future's not playing as bench nine. Sandon Smith in the juniors was a half and a fullback. That's mm-hmm. fullback's not going to be there for him for the next few years. What? Their thoughts are around him as a half. They gave him some time there, but that was when they were playing poor. So it's probably not the best idea of what he can give them you as a half. So yeah. like we said, there's probably a lot of spot fires and things to eke out there if you're the Roosters, but I thought he summed it up very well last night. We never quite got to where we wanted to, but they were you know moments away from getting the week through, given all that went wrong, which speaks to the quality of the Roosters. Yeah, And I know that people would be saying, what the fuck are you talking about? They had a dreadful year, but not many clubs could get to the point they did dealing with what they did health-wise, off-the-field-wise, and the noise around that club. Yeah. So, moving on. From the Chooks, uh, the Knights finished fifth, 14 wins, draw nine losses, attack fourth, defense fourth, used 30 players. Their away record was five and six. They were two and two with a draw. You know, then they beat New Zealand, lost to Penrith by a field goal, Cowboys by two points. And you sort of looked in that middle period and thought they've, you know, they've been pretty tough. They've been hard out. Better than what I sort of expected. And then they went on and off, win-loss, and then hit a rough patch there where there was three in a row. Penrith beat them. They had a couple of blowouts. And that mid-year point where Ponga had been concussed a few times and there was talk about him not playing again. They lost Braley again early, had to adjust that side of things. And then the talk was around O'Brien, Frizzell, the Safidis possibly leaving, Best possibly leaving. Everything was looking bad. And then post-Origin... Bradman Best comes back from Bali. They destroy the Dogs by 60 points. He plays Origin. Safidi, 
Hare catches fire. Frizzell starts playing his best football. Crossland slots in seamlessly, and Ponga's return to one sort of unlocks everything. Yeah. Their back five was excellent. Leo Thompson, Croker, Elliot, all the sort of guys that were there start stepping up in the forward pack. The Safidi brothers as well. It all just clicks. And that procession of being able to get going from the backfield, open things up with your middles, have Hastings and Gamble simplify things and just dictate and control and kick and let Ponga be your swing player to both edges, which they got quality. Yeah, they, they just played to their strengths. Mm. And their middles went forward and they, they were their discipline was far better. Mm. <clears throat> oh. So you, you look at where they got to and where they started, it was a massive turnaround. Huge turnaround. And on that run, like some people again said, oh, they didn't have to beat anyone. Well, I wouldn't say beating Storm, Sharks, South Raiders is nobody. They had to beat teams ahead of them to get no. to the position they were in. They did an extremely good job to put themselves in that position because they were certainly behind the eight ball. Well, they were five wins, talking about firing their coach and yeah. cleaning out half their roster. It's a yeah. big difference when you're sitting there going, Best is gone, Safidi's gone, Ponga might be gone, and you know, you're going to fire our coach. To having all those guys pretty much re-sign, stay, and then finding a couple of gems like you did in Crossland and the value they got out of him. And that's going to be excellent for next year because, let's face it, Braley hasn't been able to stay healthy and he's still got two years to run. They're going to need that. Yeah. Um, with what's leaving and what's there, I think they've got a really good base to build off. What's going out or what's off contract, Dane, as we know, who's probably going to move on. New Brown was a late inclusion. Clune's going to England, but they got Colga coming, so they yeah. sort of got to swap for a good half option. Um, Bailey Hodgson hasn't played first grade hasn't been healthy Heimel Hunt didn't play all year he'll be gone and the two Joneses uh, Joneses Brody and Brody Jones Kurt Mann to the dogs I don't think they're losing anything that they can't replace Yeah, and you're bringing in two guys who I haven't seen a lot of but have huge potential in Will Price and Clyde Paul Pierce so I think that brings a bit of excitement along with Cogger how they use Price I don't know he's been more of a one over there they've obviously got Ponga and their halves are pretty sorted Yeah, so they're his two best spots Paul Pierce is a back rower, so I'm assuming learning-wise he'll get a crack at the Fitzgibbon vacant spot. You'd think so. Um, I haven't seen, again, a lot of the Super League this year, but they're two guys that are there for two years, and and you'll see what happens with them. But they locked up Frizz. There's an option there. they got Marju. Uh, Dylan Lucas looks like a good player. He's also on the mix for centre and back row. Yeah, I I really like Dylan Lucas. When you look at that and then look at the kids they got pushing through, like Oren Keeley, Jones, they debuted late. Armstrong in the backup and cut was excellent at the back end of the year, and Miles Martin. New South Wales 19th forward. Um, the cap space they freed up from Miller moving on is going to put them in a spot where they've got best and a few guys coming off who need upgrades. They're probably about to chop up that five dollars $600,000 and top up. Yeah. So, yeah, to, to be where they were, as he said, that his head was on the chopping block and people were hunting for him. To this just... Oh, I'd really like to know what the turning point was. Like, Is it the Ponga moment where he comes back and... Just yeah, I think it's probably it looked to me it looked like Ponga coming back playing good footy and Bradman Best bringing some confidence back mm. and maybe a little bit of pressure went off just in that you know everyone's writing us off let's just go and find our style and play our footy maybe things got a little bit looser mm. but they're saying now Brian's going to get a two year extension on top of what he's got so he has next year's his last year so we get three years so two oh next year's already locked in two years that's what I'm saying so he's got three years from now yeah yeah uh, he'll become the longest serving coach Ooh. for Newcastle if he sees that out. Yeah, there you go. So, big turnaround. Yeah, I heard the other day they were saying there was only been one coach has coached more than Michael Hagen. Games. Yeah, he's the only one. It's crazy. So you'd think you would have thought longer, club, wouldn't with, you? Yeah, he's won, won some two premierships and, and had Andrew Johns and a few really good players. Yeah, but rolled some over. Yeah, 
been through some coaches, but um, yeah, some positives pushing through, some positives they found within. I don't think there's any massive losses, those names I went through. And there's some good potential on those two young Pommy blokes. And yeah. Cogger is a, a naturally good replacement for Clune. Yeah. So I think, yeah, you question marks there and more how they fill that other back row spot. I think it's a contest between Paul Pierce and, and Lucas and then the makeup of their bench. Yeah, I agree with that. But other than that, um, huge turnaround. And that placement is rocking. How good is McDonald Jones Stadium to watch? Yeah. But I'll give them some credit. I don't remember what I had written down, but I think I had them like 12th or 13th. I didn't see much coming this year. I thought last year was a poor finish and the talk that he was going to stay at six, coupled with the concussions and then those few big names we talked about, he weren't playing well. There was obviously just a moment there where everyone came together and thought it, it, it benefits everybody. Blokes Absolutely. were playing their futures for their careers, for their rep careers, for their coaching careers. Everyone got on the same page and look what happened. Yeah. So hopefully the takeaway from that when they do their season review is we barely scratched the surface here. We didn't get this going until the back half of the year. Put a full season together, we're top four. Yeah, and they had their best players on the field playing well. And they've got rep quality. It's not like they don't have rep players. Even prior to that little boom, like to have Gagai, realistically, it's just Frizzell, like, it Ponga, is as simple as that. The Safidis. Getting Ponga on the field, best on the field, and having them play at rep level on a consistent basis. It's like you're going to win more games than you lose. Mm. Well, like we said, rep centers, outside back, Wingers like Dom's moving on. He's that other one. Sorry, I forgot they're gonna to have to replace. Heading to the Roosters. Yeah. Um. But yeah, they've got rep forwards and a pretty solid bench. And with what's pushing up under, they should be able to fill those spots in and put a full year together, not half a season. You're in the hunt for top four. Yeah, that's right. So some real positives to take away from the Newcastle Knights there, and uh, interested to see again how these two go next year. But that wraps up the season review. For those two teams, we'll have a quick look here at the odds at the moment with bluebet.com.au. The Panthers, as it stands now, are $1.20. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, the Storm, four fifty. The Lion is 12.5. The Broncos, Warriors game, $1.27 and three eighty. Ten and a half is the line. What is it? $10.50. dollars I'd happily take ten and a half on the Warriors. $1.27 or $1.37? $1.27. Yeah, wow. So, the Storm blew out a little bit. It's come back in What's a What's the line more. in the Panthers game? Twelve and a half. Yeah. I think that's a bit short. But, yeah, I had a look last night, being ridiculous, thinking the fuse doesn't play and a few guys are beaten up minus 29 and a half. I think I got $6. That's Melbourne getting tapped by 30. Um, the other one, I sort of looked at taking points, but I thought if you're that confident, I'd just back the Warriors to win. Yeah. It's tough, yeah. but if you stretch it too far to get some points, yeah, like 10 and a half there at $1.90 is pretty good. I'd probably prefer 12 and a half. Yeah, I know I wasn't thinking about any of that I was just thinking about the number I'm always interested in you know what the bookies think they're going to win by mm. so yeah, 10, 10 does surprise me I would have yeah thought 8 7 maybe yeah I think probably 8.5 is what I would have guessed I yeah. would have guessed the Penrithline to be 16.5 so yeah I'd agree probably under I thought that would have been thought more. Be. but that's for now we have to wait until we do this on Tuesday and have the lineups and preview those games in depth but for Penrith the only player missing last time was Tega yeah. We know that May was out for the year, but it's another week rest for Sorensen and Kenny and anyone that was counting in Eagles. Perfect timing for them. That's right. So yeah. they're going to come in locked and loaded, bar maybe Tago, and they've shown with multiple players they can cover that spot. They've had a 13-day turnaround because they played Saturday into a Friday. So mm. They've used Salmon, Hosking, Garner. They've rolled plenty of players out of that position, so mm. they've got confidence they can do the job there. The big question will be whether the Y plays. Yeah, and that's the other I'll I mean, probably expect him to. But... I've argued, not argued with people at work, but like he has to play. I'm like, I honestly don't think he has to. 
I think they're in a really good position again with the moves they've yeah, made. Yeah, I'm not saying he will or he won't. I'm just no. interested in whether they, you know, how they attack that. But, but I think Nathan's running game in the last game was almost not replicating or replacing, but he he took more upon himself to make sure there was balance between what him and Cogger did. Yeah. And I think they've got more than enough with Cogger. And Cogger's not your run-of-the-mill backup, as we've seen with those Sullivan and guys have had previously, and even Schneider coming there now. It's, it's almost putting yourself in the shot front window and a quality team to show what you are the last few years for a lot of guys. Yeah. Um, but Cogger was the same age, Australian schoolboy, all the raps on him. He just, he came into Newcastle during that rebuild where they had three spoons. And then he got to the Bulldogs when they were at the bottom. He sort of Blake Green it, ended up in England, comes back, and then you see what he can do this year with some decent players around him like any half. He, he's certainly a capable half. Yeah, exactly. But that's not what's relied on with Penrith. It's that forward pack, the back five, the set starts, and they're the two parts that I don't think Melbourne are going to be able to stop. So for them, if, yeah, if, if Luai's got any chance, I wouldn't risk him this week. I don't think they have to. If they want to risk him in grand final, then I'm adamant that Cogger has to be a 14. Because if he goes yeah, down... we've spoken about that. But yeah. Yeah. for this week... I, I'm just interested in whether he's going to play on yeah, all we'll, the other stuff that goes around. I reckon yeah. we'll see him in the 21. Well, I, I, clearly. Mm. Yeah, clearly you're going to see him in the 21. And then for Melbourne, I'm sure Hughes... Whether he be, plays or not yeah. is going to be interesting, is what I said. I'm sure Hughes yeah. is going to be named. I don't know if Coates will be, given what Bellamy said. Um, they, they, they probably named both of them. And I'm then for the more. Warriors, your only big real question mark, a few guys had bumps and bruises, but your big ones are Wade Egan. Yeah. And how that was classified after the weekend. So we'll see how that goes down there. But your futures now... And well, the it's way... not going to be classified as a Category 1. Well, I they don't didn't think... show a Category 1. Size. I don't think they took him off for a HR. I didn't see the indication. No, they did. The second okay. one, they did. I thought they took yeah. him as an injury, but... Penrith now with Bluebet, uh, 205 to win the Premiership. Broncos, 250. So clear indication there. They think that's the grand final. Warriors and Storm both ten dollars to win the comp. Yep. What do you want me to say? Anything. But yep. it's all good. I can't talk about the odds, mate. New South Wales Cup Grand Final is now locked in for this weekend. Bears defeated the Warriors yesterday, who made a late comeback. So that's South Bears. Yeah, South and Bears. We're currently watching the Queensland Cup, which half time is twelve eight to Burley. I think no, the, to Brisbane. Uh, to Brisbane Tigers. I think Burley were the minor premiers. They've been a winner multiple two times. Two tries each, but Tyron Roberts has kicked two of the had two of the worst misses you've ever seen. Mm. So the last few years it's been should di- be twelve all. Yeah, last few years it's been dominated by the New South Wales Cup teams. So yeah, watching this, I think it will be again. Seeing uh, the standard and the difference there, and in the women's, uh, the Raiders had a chance today to lock up that final spot, but were unable to. So the final series begins next week for the Women's Premiership as well. And the team's there off the back of the Titans win. They gar- they're already locked in, but they've pushed themselves up ahead of Brisbane. So week one, you've got Newcastle. They finish first in minor premiers. They're going to play the Broncos and the Roosters and Titans, a 2v3. So yep. only a one-week system there. The winners go through to the grand final, plain yep. and simple. So looking at that right there, I think Newcastle, the winners last year, very good chance. They've beaten Brisbane. The Roosters were the favourites in the odds, so that's the grand final I think most people are predicting. Roosters-Newcastle. Yeah. But that'd be interesting, considering Millie Boyle was at the Knights and moved on, and they've obviously stuck from strength to strength. Roosters, we know, are stuck. Sergis, Kelly, all the players they've got in there are always right up there. But, yeah, the NRLW, I think the 10-team comp has been a success in your eyes. Yeah, I haven't seen much of it. I watched a little bit. I heard, I think it was John Strange said the other day he thinks that the progress should stop for now. Yeah, I agree with that. That 
the quality Let as it is now, if, if they go too quickly, after what he's seen here, yeah, it could become, uh, you know, detrimental, a yeah. bit detrimental. So to I the think quality, yeah. We read it earlier in the year. I'd have to look it up again, but I thought they were adding teams again immediately next year, or maybe it's the year after. Well, I thought it was the year after. It was a pretty, uh, pretty rapid plan, but for them, yeah, there's been some some quality football there. But the way it looks right now, uh, I don't know why John Strange would be complaining. They've got the most stacked side in the comp. I don't think, I don't think he's complaining. I think he's just saying maybe what was asked, you know, about the competition or the standard of the competition that it's really, really good. But maybe if it goes further, yeah. the bottom end might be, you know bit further off if you spread the talent too thin too quickly. Yeah, but that's my point. Like, they've got a stack side. At the yeah, well, I don't think the Roosters are ever going to struggle. No. I think he's just generally commenting, that's all. Yeah. Um, but there you go. We'll find out who the State Cup winner is after next week. Well, until, until you... Until it's um, built up and there's development pathways, it's always going to be the teams that got the most cash they're going to be, that are going to be... The winners, yeah, obviously because you got jobs and other things linked to their clubs yeah. and more opportunity. That's why, yeah, you know. And obviously, the goal in the end is to get the same NRLW clubs as what you've got in the NRL, yeah, and have comps that run linear. I'm assuming. Well, yeah, they've got the Harvey Normans, which sort of does that, but yeah, their schedule isn't the same as the men. You know, like, no. I think at at a certain point in time, they're going to want parity. They're going to want it to be almost the same as the men's. Sure, I would imagine at the moment. They've got the premierships in both Queensland and New South Wales, which is almost like New South yeah. Wales, Queensland And they do Cup City Country. They do run Oregon, separate. And then they do the, the W. Yeah, and the W comes at the back end. So it's like a three But obviously, piece. the longer that the W goes, the further that pushes back. Yeah, all that all other stuff things, that happens initially. They'll either, I think they'll, hopefully, there will come a point in time, yeah, where like your Harvey Norman becomes your second tier. That's exactly it. That'll become New South Wales Cup, basically. They say now it is... It is a second tier, but yeah. all the players... All the players drop back in. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, because the way the year split... Until they get to that point and they put it under it. But yeah, that's not going to happen overnight. Yeah. It's probably the point he's making that they need to bring it along at the right pace. Yeah, yeah, not, and I agree with that. Not rush things because I don't watch the AFLW thing, but a lot of people complain about that saying that the standard yeah, went way off and there was some absolute bloodbaths because they pushed too many teams in too fast. Yeah. So they're looking to obviously avoid that side of things. But uh, Jersey Flag, Bulldogs won through. The Roosters had a comeback yesterday over Parramatta who come from fifth to make that game. So dogs, roosters, and the flag. I didn't see the second half today, but I'm easily going to assume that Townsville won their third 21s premiership in a row in Queensland. It was 22 nil at halftime. So for the Cowboys, you got some real positives there again. We've seen those blokes funnel through the last few years. There's looks like there's more on the way. So a real positive for them. And yeah, that state cup final, we'll know after watching this game and then seeing what happens next week between the Bears and South. You, you saw both teams during the year. Who, who do you like? Think South. South obviously were... Uh, yeah, Team that was basically not even really... Just pending also who the Roosters can drop back into North. Mm. They weren't really spoken about it at Pauga, all. South. Pauga can come back and play for North next week. South, yeah, I think they might have had one or two, but not too many. Tellus Duncan and might have been Chuck Mitchell. They weren't spoken about at all during the year mm. and the way they played. Well, I certainly took notice. I know that, we, that's what I'm saying. For you being in there. Yeah, I took a big notice of them. Yeah. But yeah. If you had to pick one... South. I think South. I think South, yeah. Yep. All right. They won. They played last week, so... Mm. Uh, yeah. But the Roosters... Uh, Norse will obviously... Well, they won't be happy with the Roosters losing, but it may allow them to, to snavel a, a couple back and uh, may improve their team. But, yeah, I think it'll be competitive. It'll be a close game. Yep. Which will be good. 
Well, there you go. That wraps us up. We've reviewed the seasons of the two teams that were eliminated, talked about those two games, a little bit of odds and some of the matchups coming up, and we'll be back on Tuesday. We'll have lineups. We'll preview the preliminary finals in depth and talk about any other news or anything that's happening between now and then. Probably late in that, won't it? We'll do it when we do the NFL pod. Oh, we could do that Wednesday then. Do it, do it later in the Tuesday, week. Wednesday, whatever. We'll, yeah. Whatever works. We'll say Tuesday at the earliest, Wednesday at the latest. Yeah. Either one of those nights you can expect uh, the preview and we'll also have our NFL podcast. If you haven't got onto that yet, uh, people ask. The iTunes channel is now up. That has to bloody go through an approval process, so that took a bit longer than usual. But the 4th and Inches NFL podcast, there's the Facebook page, there's going to be other social media. If you're a fan of the NFL, I put it in the discussion group, normal groups. Share it, pass it on to the other mates um, or anyone who hasn't seen it yet. I'll just keep posting up and hopefully that'll nice grow across the year. We'll give it a year like we spoke about before, see what the numbers are like and if there's enough interest. And if so, we'll keep doing it just like we have the fifth and last. Yep, sounds good. But that wraps us up for now. Hopefully everyone had a great weekend. We'll be back during the week. But for now, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it?